Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of Cyber Prophets. Cyber Prophets prophesizing the future of technology. I am once again with my co-host and brother from another mother, Federico. Welcome everyone. Hopefully tonight you are going to learn a lot of interesting things or if you are in the day, hopefully still in the beginning of the day you are getting empowered by new ideas. Exactly, exactly. We are trying to bring you new topics innovative topics that we are discovering around the world, things that are happening and things that companies are developing nowadays. And for every professional in the IT world, it is important to know about DevOps. That is why we, have, we are bringing you today the topic of the four key metrics of DORA, D-O-R-E. A, D-O-R-A, Dora. Have you ever heard about that, Federico? Until recently, I have never heard of those tricky words. I discovered them by accident. But the funny thing is that I have been using them for a long time. It's just that I didn't know that there were some specific keywords for them. Exactly. These key metrics are for things that we are we might know them by chance, we might have been implemented them, but we didn't know that there was a specific term for them. And let's just jump right into the topic. First of all, DORA, D-O-R-A, is an acronym for DevOps Research and Assessment. DevOps Research and Assessment is basically an, an effort which has been trying to see how the companies are implementing DevOps and how performant are, they, are their software development teams. They have come up with four key metrics that we are about to see. And later on, these metrics allow us to determine how performant our software development teams are. And without further ado, allow me to introduce these four key metrics of DORA. The four key metrics of DORA, these are Deployment frequency, lead time for changes, change failure rate, and time to restore service. Federico, can you please tell us a little bit about this? Deployment frequency is the amount of changes that you do from, let's say, your code to the production environment, to the final user, so they can start using your application. The second point is related to how fast you are from the collecting the requirements or the changes that the people need to the development of them. The third one, change failure rate, is like how often do you make mistakes and mm -hmm. to analyze that information. And the last one, and a very, very critical one, is time to restore a service. Is how fast you're able to react from a mistake that was delivered to the production environment and to restore it to a previous state so people can keep using your application. Exactly. And it is very important to note that the very first two metrics, deployment frequency and lead time for changes, are related to the velocity, how fast your teams are. And the second two, change failure rate and time to restore service, are related to the stability, how to the quality, let's say, how uh, what is the quality of the software you are delivering. And now, 
after we have defined these four metrics, we can start defining how performant our software development teams are. And for this, Dora also provides us with a table which classifies the teams into three main categories. It is important to note that last year there were four categories, but Dora decided that this year there will be only three. And let's see it in this table. We have the three categories, which are low, medium, and high performance teams. For instance, for the first metric, deployment frequency, how fast are your, how fast are your uh, teams releasing to production, to production? Low can be considered between once per month and once every six months. And high, it can be on demand and it's as fast as multiple deploys per day. But let me stop there for a minute and let's discuss a bit about it. For me, the first metric is the trickiest one because when we're speaking about how fast you are going to deploy something, there are certain environments that I'm sure you cannot do it on demand. And I have a couple of examples. The first one are the market stores. If you have an Android device or an iOS device that I'm sure you have a, either an iPhone or an Android phone, even if I want to deploy my apps as quickly as possible, there are some filters that they are going to pass. And only if you mm -hmm. can call Tim Cook to, today and ask him to deploy your application as quick as possible, I'm sure you are, they are not going to reach your final users, even if you deploy it a couple of days, a couple of times per day. Yeah. I, can, I cannot call him. I'm not sure if you can. The second example that comes to my mind is a cargo. Imagine that you are going to deliver some products from Rotterdam port to China, to Beijing, and you're going to go across the Arctic. How many months is going to pass? How many days? And that cargo is not going to deliver as quickly as possible. These environments are harsh. They don't necessarily have access to the internet, or maybe right now with the new satellite style from Elon Musk, you can, but, but it's extremely expensive. And it's dangerous that you deploy stuff in that environment. If you have ever flight in your life, you will notice that they tell you, you must have it in airplane mode. There is a reason for that. So you cannot do those deployments in a blink of an eye. It's, it is dangerous. And the other two environments are banks. I'm sure you wouldn't like to lose a lot of money especially what is happening in the cryptos these days. So for sure, banks will never allow you to deploy on demand whatever change you want, because this is risky. And the last one, and most importantly, health. The health mm. industry is really dangerous. Imagine playing with vaccines, with pills, and to, especially now that all these things are automated, and the, the machine that is producing the vaccines or the pills make a mistake because you deploy a bug in production, how many people can die? I'm sure companies will never authorize you to deploy as many as many deployments as possible. When you can do that are in less risky things like websites, the backend of something that is not so important. Even if you say, well, but something important is Google. Yeah, but it's not exactly killing people, but vaccines, they can. Yeah, so um, Federico, this brings me to the topic like how 
how well established are these metrics? Like, is this a one size fits all approach? Or what, what do we have to consider then? Like, so let me ask you a very, very concrete question. Like, is deploying several times a day something realistic? What do you think about it? I only think in two precise environments that can be done. One is in the specific front end, like the HTML or JavaScript, because that's something that is, we can say, on demand because it's on the client generated. Okay. So it's not going to impact so much. Or let's call it web assembly, but it's the same topic. It's not going to impact too much. Or the second case are, let's call it services that cannot impact people or that can create a lot of significant issues mm -hmm. on the back end. But anything mm -hmm. that is in a different case, I don't think that you can deploy it on demand. You will need to have thousands of approvals if you work for a bank. A bank will not allow exactly. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's my point. Like if you work in a bank and you need like this series of approval in order to get something to production, you cannot get this like in the blink of an eye. And most likely you won't get it like the same day. So if my team is not able to deploy on demand and to deploy multiple times a day, does that mean that my team is not high performant? I don't think so. I think in the bank, you will be a low performance if you do that. And they will consider you perhaps an unstable team because, oh, yeah. for, because for them, stability is over everything. Mm -hmm. I don't think that Santander Bank in Spain will allow you. It's, it's the biggest bank in Spain and one of the largest companies in the world. I am sure that if you try to do that, they will tell you, go somewhere else, but this is not the right place for you. Yes. So maybe something to consider is not only like how fast are your software development teams deploying the code to production, but also the branch in which you're working on, as we are seeing like banks, companies that work in the finances sector or the health sector, these cannot deploy such readily and cannot deploy this fast to production. So maybe this is something to consider when measuring these metrics. I, I believe that these metrics have been created strictly for tech, tech pure companies or something like that. But for example, a bank, their main business is not selling software. Their main business is to, let's say, collect the money or maybe distribute it to someone else to get some loans and to increase their value or something like that. But the main business of a bank is not that. Every business is in, in our times use software. But sometimes yeah. I do believe that, that when they design these metrics, they forget that these are not only for tech companies. And you cannot put everything under one under one belt, which is which is I believe a big mistake. And even if you're working in the mm -hmm. tech industry, I have developed apps, not one, not two. I have developed over 14 apps, and I give support to nine out of of my entire apps. And I know that even if I de deploy an app like today to the app store to the google play store it's not going to be in the same day sometimes it takes even three yeah. days four days and let's suppose that i deliver a bug the perfect example was OneNote. Mm -hmm. one of the last year there is a microsoft application and i highlight microsoft application 
deployed yes. serious bug, and it took three days that the that the, that the update was available. Uh huh. Oh so wow. If Microsoft cannot call the Google guys and persuade them to do the deployment, and especially Google, that is a company that has so many things automated, it's incredibly insane that it's really hard to reach a real person when you try to reach them. Yeah. I don't think that a normal person can do that. Yeah, so it all boils down to the to the kind of application and to the branch in which you are working on. So this uh, speed targets, let's call it like that, might actually be need, they might need some adjustment depending on those two factors, right? Let's go back to the table and continue with the discussion. Lead time for changes, lead time for changes, and that is the time that it goes from the code committed to code successfully running in production can be one to six months, for low performance teams and for high performance teams between one day and one week. One week is something that sounds more reasonable. So I think that we have discussed this plentifully uh, regarding the velocity of your deployment. Let's move forward to the second two items which are more related to the stability of your software development lifecycle. The time to restore service and the change failure rate. Time to restore service for low performance teams can be between one week and one month. And for high performance teams is less than one day. So that means that for instance, the time for restore service, uh, some companies have some disaster management or some contingency plan uh, in place and they can act very quickly if there is some outage in the service. And the last metric is the change failure rate. How often do your changes in production cause a failure? And it can be for up to 60% for low performance teams. That sounds like actually a very high unsuccessful rate. And for high performance teams, it's up to 15%. That is something that Dora defines as something tolerable. Now, let's discuss a little bit about these two, Federico. The time to restore a service, I do believe that that one is, is key that in any industry should be done as quick as possible. And even in the cargos cases or in the banks cases or in other industries, I'm sure that what they have is even a backup or something there that is all constantly preventing to have something that they will roll it extremely quick. While in other industries, you can deploy it as quickly as you can. You can create a patch, deploy the patch, or mm -hmm. even do something else. But I do believe that is one day or so, or a close amount of time is perfect. I do believe that this is the best scenario, but I can tell you that even large companies can sometimes have issues. I had a, an issue yeah. with that cloud provider, one of the biggest ones, one of the top three. Yeah, I uh, have a very big bug that they haven't been able to fix after like one month. And we're speaking about a top dog and yeah. an important client. So I'm telling you, even if you have these scenarios, if you find a very strange bug, they can even take time. Yeah, so it can take time, even if you are like among the top companies, among the among the the top dogs, as you call it. And if I come back 
to the, to the example of the banks. I cannot imagine a bank delivering or restoring its services after one month. I don't think the big companies can afford one full month without their service running. Like we have seen this, uh, a, a big example is whenever like Facebook or WhatsApp uh, has some failures and there's an outage of the service. We have seen that they are, the engineers at, so at Facebook and uh, at WhatsApp are very quick to resolve these issues. However, it takes, it still takes some hours to resolve them. And have you seen the effects that it has on, and especially in the value of the stocks? Yeah, the value of the stocks plummet whenever there's an outage in the service. And I don't think these big companies can afford it. So that is why it is important that all of the companies have some sort of plan in mind. Whenever there's, there's a release to production, there should, that release is must also be accompanied with some rollback plan, some contingency plan in case anything goes wrong. And there will be also like all of the stakeholders should know what are the changes involved, what are the specific points of the software that are going to be affected. And if there are any approvals needed, the stakeholders should also be let's say at the minimum on call and ready to make these approvals in case anything goes wrong. And in, this is the only way that we can actually restore the service in a very fast manner and without actually like having to deal with much bigger consequences in the future. And now just to summarize on the end, we have seen today the four key metrics of DORA, and these are the deployment frequency, how fast are your changes released to production, lead time for changes. What is the time that it takes your code, your committed code to be delivered and running in production? What is the change failure rate? How often are your changes producing some bugs in production? And what is the time to restore the service? In case anything happens, how fast is your team able to restore the service? Federico, do you have anything to add to this topic? I would like to add two things. The first one is remember which industry you are working on. The key metrics are going to be different. If you try to, let's suppose that you are a newcomer, you join a bank, you have never worked for a bank, and you would like to deploy as quickly as possible and to apply a lot of things about Agile, just remember, you can lose your money also. It's not going to be impacted only the other people. You can only yeah. lose your money. So trust me, a bank will not allow that behavior and you're not going to change them. The second thing is related to the part of the Part that you can lose or that what happens if there is a contingency plan my advice as an architect try to use a multi-cloud approach so if something fails you will have a backup in a different cloud and the most important try to use a small clouds also do not only play with the big dogs like amazon google cloud azure because even amazon had a terrible terrible problem with aws a couple of months ago 
and mm. it's AWS, not a small company. That's why I advise you, maybe you can search even for a small cloud provider. It might be a little bit more expensive, but if you're working with sensitive information, with important information that you must have it as quickly as possible, because less people consider the, the small players, the more likely you will be able to recover everything as quickly as possible. Amazing. Thanks for those recommendations, Federico. And people, don't forget to subscribe. We are Cyber Profits. We are bringing you new topics every week. And follow us in the different platforms that we have Spotify, Instagram, etc. And we'll see you once again next week with a new and innovative topic.